Hello and welcome to the Movie Bugger Podcast, episode 31, with me, Matt. Hello, it's me, Chris. Hi, I'm Chris. Here. How are you again? I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, yeah. I think you had a nice little chat, another chat. I did it this time, Chris. I did it. You, you went off to the theatre. I did. I went to the theatre and I thought, I ain't got time for interviews. <laughs> oh, no. We no. Don't, do you want to let them down? Because it's hard to get all these people, isn't it? No, I don't think these people give up their hard, their hard-earned time. And who are these people? Oh, interesting. You should ask, actually, that. That's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> uh, I um, had the, the pleasure of speaking with Nicola Austin uh, from the We Have a Hulk podcast, website, blog. TV aficionado, I imagine, is the best thing we could refer to because, like, from listening to the podcast, the amount of TV these people watch is insane. Um, but yeah, it's a great podcast and it was very interesting talking to us. So, here's the interview. <laughs> Hello, um, Nicola, welcome to the bunker. How are you today? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. People might be unnerved uh, by hearing my voice rather than Chris's on this particular podcast. <laughs> As it's, it's generally the interviews done with Chris, but today it's me. And I'm very lucky to have Nicola Austin from uh, wehaveahulk.co.uk with us. Can you tell us a bit about yourself, Nicola? Oh, <laughs> don't get asked that much, really, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I do a podcast uh, with my other half uh, about like superhero things like Marvel, DC, and also sort of film and TV in general. Yeah. <laughs> also got a like review news website um as well as like the YouTube channel before. Yes. I listened to your podcast today. Not actually she launched a new one today. I listened to your one from uh the previous one which features the um the Umbrella Academy reviews and various things. And the thing that struck me straight away is how do you fit in so much TV, books, um everything because it just seemed to be have a huge list to get through every week. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, thankfully, uh, we we work with like Netflix quite well, not not quite closely, but they give us screeners and things, so we get to review stuff in advance because otherwise we just have no life <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> uh, so yes, yeah, so we get them a couple of weeks before they actually come out. So thankfully, we can like plan it in and stuff. Uh, because right. Otherwise, we just want to leave the house. So. <laughs> so it's um. It's halcyon days that we live in for people like ourselves, because um, when I was growing up, like the superhero uh, genre of uh, films and television was, um, well, basically it was the Incredible Hulk on Saturday afternoon TVs, and that was pretty much it. So we are incredibly <laughs> spoiled these days, because it doesn't seem to yes. be more than sort of like a couple of hours between either new series is being launched or new films. Um, Definitely. Do, do you like... Are you, do you think it's maybe too much now or do you think oh it's difficult isn't it I feel like it's kind of all or nothing at the moment yeah, yeah. <laughs> as you said like when we were growing up um I, particularly me it was like the, you know the x-men animated tv shows and like the spider-man one yeah. um and I thought that was great but in between that and like I don't know like x-men and you know the original spider-man and dark knight and stuff um it was pretty much a bit a bit bare wasn't it and now it's all sort of it's all kind of not crammed at you but <laughs> it is quite it's quite a lot to kind of digest um and as well as like as well as marvel and dc there's some new properties coming out like you said like the umbrella academy so there's lots of lots of source material and it just it seems to be a lot more kind of acceptable in these days because like yes. when i used to watch like x-men and stuff everyone's like oh you kind of geek sort of thing but <laughs> now 
it's a little bit more acceptable and um yeah everyone seems to be into it a bit more especially with like collectibles and especially Funko Pops I don't know if you yes. if you've noticed <laughs> it's kind of exploded so yeah a very a very interesting one but possibly um possibly a little bit too much at times I don't yeah. know if you feel the same <laughs> my um sister got me some uh she got me some Funko Pop uh Guardians of the Galaxy figures for uh, a birthday a couple of years back but um she stitched me up because she didn't get all of them <laughs> so oh, I was no. like so I had like <laughs> I had to go out and get um Rocket Raccoon and start on myself because I go I'm like you can't just give me like three quarters of the Guardians of the Galaxy expect me to be fine with that so, yeah, I had to finish off. So I don't know. And that's where they get you. Yeah, it's like where do I stop? And then I noticed there was a Yondu. I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to get him as well. So. Yeah, complete the set, and yeah. And you're like, where do I put these now? I've got them. <laughs> so, I know, yeah. I know. We have kind of um, given them new homes to other people to get other ones. <laughs> Need so much bookshelf, kind of have. <laughs> so you, you give to receive, but not actually to. Yeah. bring me bigger yeah so, so, did enjoy the the umbrella academy review um it's one that i it's a series that i really enjoyed uh, and I, I in the world of netflix I, it's like i can't cope anymore with series that drop once a week it's like i can't choose to watch them all at once and, um, i can't get interested but it's a bit of a hard sell to uh like, like i said the extended audience like you said the, the geek uh, she uh world has sort of spread and you know, we can talk about it quite safely at work without fear of reprisal nowadays um yes <laughs> but it, it was a slow burner and it was one that you know you, you had to sort of get past the, the tricky third episode third fourth episode before it really really took off sort of grew legs and ran so you have to people keep saying i've watched the first couple but it's you know it's all right <laughs> like just keep going keep going it gets <laughs> <Yeah>. better <laughs> like, i promise you yeah so you um so you mentioned there you uh, you kind of started off with uh, the x-men animated series when you're growing up can you pinpoint a sort of a singular moment when you your sort of love of uh, superhero comic book genre began? Ooh, I was trying to think of this earlier, and I, I think that was pretty much the. Moving on then. So, um, uh, as you're aware, we asked um, you to pick a like we can't kill these guilty places anymore, and, but um, and popular opinions about films that you um, like that uh, maybe critically not well received or uh, just generally not well received. Um, can you <laughs> tell us what film you chose today? Uh, yeah. So when I was talking to you previously before uh, we started recording, I was quite torn between like X Men Apocalypse um, yes. and Suicide Squad, and I know it's probably Probably, yeah, it is an unpopular opinion, I believe, because it's got a lot of hate. <laughs> um, but I think, I think, yeah, very weirdly. Um, but yeah, definitely going for Suicide Squad. I think, um, I think it has more re- redeeming factors, possibly, <laughs> than Apocalypse. <laughs> it is it's quite a tricky pick because they kind of do both. Like, uh, like I said, we spoke before. They they fall into the same thing where you kind of get like a like a, a deluge of characters just thrown at your eyeballs, and you're, you're not <laughs> yes. really sure who's who or what's going on or why that <laughs> yeah. man's called Captain Boomerang or not. But um, so what is it about this film that sort of makes you sort of buck the um, review trend? Oh well, I thought it was actually quite fun in a way. <laughs> I know a lot of people said it was just bad but I really quite enjoyed it I thought some of the performances were really good as well like Viola Davis she's amazing in whatever she is anyway um I really liked Will Smith's Deadshot I thought he was great um it was great getting all the cameos as well because you had like Bruce Wayne you had the Flash I really liked the Flash cameo um that was great and I thought Boomerang was actually hilarious as well (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, I thought it was it was generally funny, and there were some really good moments. But I I can understand the other side of the coin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but for, for a lot of compared to a lot of the films which possibly did better in the reviews was, um, I think it kind of stands out a little bit more than the other DC films. I think maybe yeah. because it was a, a brand new property, but it's it started off quite brave. Yes. kind of lost its way a little bit with the sort of it did it is strange yeah it definitely had kind of its own sort of style which was nice to see because a lot of them are kind of pigeonholed in the sort of superhero genre yeah. whereas i feel like this one it kind of it did stand out a bit there were sort of neon colors and the way they introduced them i thought that was quite smart in a way floyd lawton aka deadshot He's the most wanted hitman in the world. Let's say he has an elite clientele. What? Hey, Angelo. This is the exterminator you called for your rat problem. My count's looking a little thin. No one gets paid until what needs to get done gets done. Nope, that's not the rules. No money, no honey. Whoa, here's your boy right now. With about 20 of his new best friends. I'm still seeing zeros over here, Angie. Stop being cute and do your job. Look, they're taking him out of the car now. In about 30 seconds, your window is going to close forever. Okay, 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 relax. There was an accounting error. We said it. Now double it for being a dickhead. You got 10 seconds. Not the kind of people you play with. Just did you threaten me? This dude's gonna get a sore throat from all the singing he's about to do. You son of a bitch. Pleasure doing business with you, Angie. But everyone has a weakness, and a weakness can be leveraged. Um, but yeah, as you said, it just kind of dropped off towards the end. I know um, the director, David Ayers, kind of come on and said um, they kind of interfered a lot and there were a lot of cuts and editing problems and things. So I think that's probably studio interference. Oh, the pesky studio interference. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, because obviously Gerard Leto's got sort of almost second billing in this film. Yeah. Um, and yet appears <laughs> almost fleetingly across our screens. <laughs> right. um, um, apparently, obviously, a lot of his uh, work got left on the cutting room floor. Um, now, whether it was for pacing reasons or because the performance wasn't quite there, I'm not entirely sure. But <laughs> do you think we need to yeah. see more of Gerard Leto's Joker? Oh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm not going to hold back if that's okay. Um, I wasn't a huge fan. I don't know. I just thought like, because I love Heath Ledger's Joker so much from The Dark Knight, seeing this as like a gangster with like, you know, the grills and stuff. I was like, what are you <laughs> doing? <laughs> it was very weird. Um, but yeah, he definitely, he definitely came out and said, I shot a lot more scenes. And I don't know whether the audience, because you know, they test it on audiences and stuff, don't they? Yeah. I don't know whether he was very well received or I, yeah, it just, it just doesn't, not connect with me if that makes sense yeah, um, yeah. and i know they announced like a whole load of spin-offs with him and harley and stuff but they seem to have just disappeared i don't there's yeah, been no, no one's talking about, about them anymore they're like yeah i don't, I don't know what you mentioned we're, we're doing the thing now with um uh, Wacken phoenix is there, there's no jared letter anymore <laughs> it's like they're trying to forget what happened isn't it really <laughs> we don't talk about him anymore sort of thing <laughs> 
do you think in the next sort of five years, sort of like who's your favorite Joker is going to replace like who's your favorite Bond as like an opening gambit in the film based <laughs> conversations? Because it yeah. does seem that like people you can almost tell who someone is by you know the, their favorite Joker. Yeah, that is a good, that definitely a good point. I mean, if you say Gerald Leto, I don't think I'll talk to you again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. You, you, should, know, you know, opinions. <laughs> yeah, you leave that on every conversation. It's like, who's your favorite yeah. Joker? And then, <laughs> Sorry, can I just stop you there? Yeah, <laughs> who's your favorite Joker? Okay, I'll see you later. <laughs> oh, oh, no, nice it, it, yeah, it is, it is difficult. Um, yeah, I think, Frack, oh, I can never say his name, Joaquin Phoenix will, will be definitely an interesting one. Yeah, I don't really know where he's kind of going to go down. Because, I mean, as I said, you had Heath Ledger's Joker and then you had Gerard Leto's and they were like, like completely different sides of the spectrum in a way, weren't they? So yeah. I don't know whether he's going to kind of sit in the middle or I don't really know. <laughs> was it an impossible act to follow though? Because, I mean, Heath Ledger has uh, absolutely smashed it. I think I think everyone was, and it's weird because I think he probably suffered the same sort of doubt when they were, he was cast. Everyone was like, there's no way Heath Ledger is going to make a good Joker. Um, you know, it's nothing compared to Jack Nicholson. How is he going to do this? And then Joe Letter's probably come along and obviously faced the same, but this time, you know, he's got facing someone that's got a posthumous <laughs> Oscar for the role. And, you yeah. know, did he just, but did he go to, did he go full, not Heath Ledger? <laughs> there, could there have been something in between that he did? And, I think uh, so. Ledger yeah. <laughs> I think it was like, hold my beer. <laughs> go yeah. for it sort of thing. Uh, yeah, no, it's difficult one, isn't it? I mean, you, you want to make a character stand out, well, be a lot different to what you've seen before, but I think he went a bit too too far you know with the whole when he was lying around uh there was all those knives around him and like baby heads and stuff that was just weird i don't know if you remember that in film yes yeah, so yes yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah he threw himself so like completely into the role that people on the film were saying they don't even know if they ever met <laughs> they just really wow all the time yeah i heard he kind of posted like dead rats and things to people Yes. I don't know if that's true, but you hear some really weird, weird things. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but, kind of like um, saying about who's your favourite Batman, because I know when Ben Affleck was introduced, everyone was like, what? <laughs> so yes. it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's always a tricky one, isn't it, with these like iconic characters? Yeah, and now he's not going to be Batman anymore. We don't really know who I know. <laughs> I'm actually quite upset about that. I don't know about you. I quite liked his Batman. But he could be like... The George Clooney of the next generation. He's just the, the, he's just the palate cleanser before, <laughs> before the great happens, one. Before a good <laughs> one. It was saying you know, you bad one, good one, bad one, good one. So yeah, hopefully, um, poor old Ben Affleck's just the palate cleanser <laughs> before we yeah. Batman's coming up. Which way would you like to see? Because like obviously the casting um, rumors that I've heard of are sort of like they're flipping between a much older kind of Batman trying to sort of get that um, oh, Dark Knight Rises, although they obviously need their film of that, but the actual Dark Knight Rises comic book feel to it or like a, a much younger one again. It's difficult because, uh, you know, Justice League is still kind of going on, isn't it? And I think they still kind of want to get this sort of connected universe together. So it's difficult because you've got Gal Gadot, you've, you know, the success of Aquaman, that did really well. Yeah. So you've got to have a similar sort of, I think you've got to have a similar sort of age to kind of, fit in with them if that makes sense yeah couldn't suddenly just turn up like a know, yeah. Bruce what's happened so yeah. <laughs> very bizarre yeah um, I like the idea of a younger one but like maybe a little bit younger I mean I heard Army Hammer was in the kind 
thing. And I, I think he would be, I think he'd fit it quite well. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of, he's, well, he's definitely got um, the jaw for, I guess. Um, <laughs> yes. Which is kind of half the battle. Yeah. Batman's. True. True. <laughs> and he, um, he's also been, uh, you know, with Henry Cavill in a film, hasn't he? I can't remember off the top of my head what it was called. It was oh, a great film. Yeah. Uh, the Man from Uncle. Yeah, that's the one. So he can do spy pretty well. And, you know, he's been with soups before. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. And we would have to CGI a beard on him or out off of him this that time. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was awful. That'll haunt my dreams. Forever. I was like, what's wrong with his mouth? What have they done? <laughs> it's like they can Something make... Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> they can make a raccoon like appear to speak right um and from your podcast uh from the umbrella academy like a, a fully in tv a fully realized cgi man chimp <laughs> who yeah. um, had pathos and made me feel things but they can't get rid of a man's beard <laughs> I, it just makes no sense whatsoever does it, it and it, i think is it pogo the the one from umbrella academy yes he was yes. amazing for tv i was really impressed yeah uh, yeah i've watched that and obviously massively impressed and then the, the new star trek series is just you look at it and you go this would have been like blowing minds of uh cinema audiences five years ago not even you know that and now it's just you know i can pick it up on netflix and it's not you know, gone anywhere else it's insane the uh the, the levels that they they can go to these days but they still can't remove a man's beard <laughs> <laughs> or that's um, what we're gonna remember <laughs> that's what we're gonna remember or put people in photographs which always really disturbs me it's like if they <laughs> if they ever do like a pan shot of someone's desk and there's like a meant to be you know young with kevin costa there's just a clearly yes. an old photograph of two faces crudely <laughs> cut out and pasted yeah. over the people's pictures there and I never understood why. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, uh, funny you talk about that. I don't know if you watch uh, Will Smith's YouTube channel. Right. Uh, but he, he just did a video with, um, you know, because they're doing Bad Boys, is it four now? Or something along those lines. Um, they were just doing a photo shoot for that exact reason. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think they heard you. They were like, right, we're going we're gonna to do proper photographs. <laughs> yeah, we can't possibly fake it. We've actually got to go and yeah. <laughs> post these up. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, apart from the uh, sort of the cast and um, the performances, um, is there any sort of other sort of standout moments or um, music sections or anything like that from the Suicide Squad film? Yeah, I think the soundtrack was actually really good. I don't mm. know if you've listened to. I I really like soundtracks. So I know your previous episode. I just listened to it at the gym the other day. Actually, do. Um, and I know Eamon was talking about soundtracks in Marvel. And actually, I think kind of DC kind of jump on that a little bit because i know guardians the the soundtrack was absolutely amazing yes um and i think dc are kind of trying to replicate that a little bit with this maybe <laughs> uh but yeah i thought i thought it was really good um and otherwise i think uh you know al diablo the, the final showdown with enchantress and yes. al diablo i thought that was really cool yeah <laughs> i do like the big battles I, I know i kind of mind about them sometimes saying it's like a big cgi fest but it's it's still pretty cool to see isn't it i suppose <laughs> yeah yeah so we, we can say that, that they all have these sort of big cgi battles i think uh, the thing that leveled out of our marvel films until recently was that the end always resolved in something large falling from the sky um <laughs> yeah. they, they broke the mold obviously without with infinity war whereas they didn't have it at the end they had it just before the end with something large falling from the sky so that, that was, yes. they, they, they busted that there. Do, do you think DC is struggling? Um, like you said, with like we mentioned the soundtrack there, the comparisons between this and um, potentially the Guardians sort of picking up that sort of um, 
slightly nostalgic music vibe. Um, mm. Do you think they, they're struggling with this, always being slightly behind what Marvel are doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a difficult one because Marvel have been doing it for, what, 10 years now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's always going to be hard to kind of, because Marvel have done it so well, how they sort of weave in all the different characters and they make all these like connections and they have this like almost grand plan with, you know, Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's difficult for DC to kind of, compete against that as you said because they've come in so much um so much sooner here um Mm. and i feel like with justice league i mean i did like justice league another one there you go another unpopular opinion maybe um but yeah i feel like they did rush into it um because they only had what like bvs man of steel and uh, wonder woman and then all of a sudden it was justice league and you're like whoa <laughs> um well, whereas yeah, it, you know with it sorry that's okay with batman versus superman is that they, they kind of they had that um that shoehorned moment where they tried to introduce everybody really really fast just with, yeah like, oh i found some files and, oh, some, yeah. and some youtube videos about some heroes i hope this becomes yeah. important later on and, <laughs> and what was with that flash cameo that was so weird yes yeah uh yeah i, I think they could have potentially taken a step like a step trying rather than trying to sort of catch up with the avengers because you know you say even the, the first avengers was after what three three four films yeah, they definitely sort of planned it a lot more, didn't they? If that makes sense. Yeah, and it, the and the, the the way that the films like uh, Justice League and Infinity War they have such similar kind of plot points, and even the the, <laughs> the, the bad guy himself isn't massively dissimilar. It's like, oh no, no, ours has True. got horns. Um, <laughs> Uh, slightly different. <laughs> so, so slightly different, but I mean, obviously, that comes from that, that's that's not too far from the comic books itself, because obviously, there's um, a lot of who came done it first between DC and Marvel, because yes. obviously, Deadshot, Deadpool, uh, Deadpool <laughs> is an actual complete ripoff, and yes. it's also become um, incredibly more famous subsequently since. But there, there are various other ones, aren't there? Where it's um, yeah, like Captain Marvel and Shazam. <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah, it's impossible <laughs> we won't talk them. about that though. <laughs> those Open a can of worms. <laughs> I think I, I, I agree with the decision actually in terms of the Suicide Squad is, is not, a, it's not a bad film. I, I, and I think that's, uh, you wouldn't know that from looking at the reviews. You'd think it's absolutely like a massive stink pile. I think yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun. But it, it doesn't sort of like, unfortunately, since um, Nolan's made us sort of think to ourselves that superhero films can be just more than fun. <laughs> uh, True. <laughs> you now we expect too much from these films. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a difficult, because it was such a masterful sort of trilogy, wasn't it? Because Nolan is just a visionary. Wow. I'm getting a bit fanboy here, but I really like Nolan. And I think it's definitely hard to sort of replicate what he did with the series. Yeah, it seemed almost impossible, I'd say. I, I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't think, I mean, across any um, genre, someone's going to be able to do that again to take such a. Because, you know, we, we forget now that it, it wasn't a dump. I mean, George Clooney properly murdered Batman. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, Batman yes, and Robin no, in a previous podcast, wouldn't they? Yeah, Batman. Yeah. I mean, oh god. Then um, again, that was a lot of fun, though. I really did quite enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, well, it kind of went back to the original sort of TV series style, really, exactly. wasn't it? It was um, 
it was done firmly tongue in cheek. I mean, I don't think you cast George Clooney in that role and not expect it to be um, a little bit kitsch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a little bit hammy. <laughs> a little bit hammy, but yeah, yeah, definitely the vibe they were going for there. But but you know, that, that's the last film, and then you then you bring out Batman Begins, and it's just like, oh my god, how did you <laughs> know, what happened? <laughs> yeah, I always find a bit of a difficult character though. I think my favorite, like Batman, was actually you know Lego Batman. <laughs> I know that sounds awful but I I kind of struggle with Batman because you know he's so brooding and he's like I'm Batman (laughs) and it's just a bit a bit compared to as you said the TV show which was so much fun I wish you could have seen me I think you would have been really proud there you are oh Alfred I am so sorry. I have incredible reflexes. No, it's all my fault, sir. I should have known better than to sneak up on you like that. Sorry, I've just lost in thought, and as you know, when I'm in there, I'm in deep. Were you looking at the old family pictures again? At the what? The old family... Oh, yes, I see what you mean. Look at that. The old gang. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I see. Sir, if you don't mind my saying, I'm a little concerned. I've seen you go through similar phases in 2016 and 2012 and 2008 and 2005 and 1997 and 1995 and 1992 and 1989 and that weird one in 1966. Yeah, it's, it's a bit difficult, isn't it? I don't know how you, it's one extreme to the other. <laughs> yeah, it's like we know your parents died. It's been a while. I know. <laughs> how many times have we seen this? <laughs> yeah, and you're butt rich. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's yeah. but, you know, you're sad. Go buy a car. It'd be fun. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you mentioned actually uh, earlier, um, not earlier on the podcast, because obviously that would uh, have been recorded, but <laughs> previously it's recording, that uh, the Suicide Squad um, is relevant at the moment, because obviously it's, it's kind of just being leaked that um, Idris Elba is going to take over Will Smith's role in the sequel, which I believe is going to be called The Suicide Squad, in a oh. non-confusing way. <laughs> yeah. Having, the to it when clearly it should be a because it's already one <laughs> so True. Know, but, uh, hopefully that title may change to something a little bit more i don't know suicide inspiring squad. yeah make suicide <laughs> yeah. squad 2 i don't know yeah. <laughs> well we had what was it we had dark knight didn't we that was the second one and then we had dark knight rises <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> we're led to believe that he was led down for the whole first one. <laughs> uh, do, do you think um, Idris Elba is a good replacement for Will Smith? Oh, he's always tricky because he was one of my favourites from the first film. Um, I really enjoyed his character. Actually, I thought it was great. Uh, but Idris Elba is amazing anyway. So yeah, yeah, it's it's always going to be a tricky one isn't it because will smith's such a sort of big name but then idris alba's doing really well for himself like with luther and i think he's going to be in hobson shaw if that's right you know the fast and furious spin off um, oh, right, so he's yes. yeah yeah so he's gonna he's, he's amazing so i mean i can i can see it and i think um what's the guy who does all the illustration on Twitter, uh, Boss Logic, and um, he did like a mock-up of him as Deadshot, and it looked it looked really good. So fair play, <laughs> can't really argue. <laughs> no, it's not a, a bad casting replacement um, for anybody really who just have a good body step no. <laughs> I'd be uh, at the moment warmly received for it. Um, it is a bit of shame because um, I don't think it's possible to not like Will Smith, though, is it? Exactly. Well, maybe we'll see with Aladdin. <laughs> oh yeah, because he's getting some hate yeah. for that, isn't he already? Ooh. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but again, that's one of those 
internet things where it's is that a real argument to have is like that genie that mythical magical creature should not be blue <laughs> it's like yeah, he's a wrong shade of blue <laughs> <laughs> don't understand this argument you're making my yeah. head hurt you're talking about something that's fundamentally made up by disney and they've tried to do it exactly the same again and yet you're unhappy for some bizarre reason. I, yeah, I just can't wrap my head around it, to be honest. I think once we see him on screen, it's going to be amazing. But this little short little, how can we judge it off this like 10 second clip or whatever? Oh, no, we're allowed to judge. We're allowed, we judge away on the internet these days. We don't, we don't, True, we don't, we yeah. I've um, recently um, banned myself from watching uh, trailers, which is uh, why, unfortunately, I won't be listening to your latest podcast until such time I've seen Captain Marvel. I know you're very, very good on your podcast with spoilers, and you have detailed them out way, way before, but um, I like to go in absolutely unknowing these days, which is... Uh, yeah. It's hard. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? I know. Every time I see a trailer, I'm like, ooh. But then I'm like, no, no. <laughs> it's yeah. so difficult. I know. Um, I don't know if you watched Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, yes. But the tra- I felt like the trailer spoiled the entire film. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like it just telegraphed everything. And then I went into the film and thought, yeah, I think I know what's going to happen here. <laughs> and it's such a shame because it kind of, it does ruin your experience in a way. Yes. Yeah, the, I think the the very worst one, I, and I think this is probably the last trailer I saw, was uh, Jurassic World, the latest one. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so the, there's a shot in the trailer, which is the literal last shot of the film. <laughs> so all you're doing the whole way through the film is going, and then it's in your head. You're like, oh, that hasn't happened yet. He's not yeah. going die because I've seen him in the trailer already. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, it's a, yeah. It, but it is difficult because they come out they come out so early as well, and I'm a, I'm an impatient man. So it's like <laughs> if I see a trailer, I'm going, oh, good, surely that comes yeah. out soon. It's like you know, coming 2022. Like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. like I want it now, damn it! <laughs> I, want, I want all the scenes, yeah. and the toy, and everything. If I can't buy the Funko Pop, then I, I don't want to hear see the trailer. It's, it's exactly. <laughs> yeah. Where I'm at now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what, what if you found it, but Marvel have been quite clever recently. They've been putting a lot of um, scenes in the trailer where they don't actually feature in the film. And I don't know what you think about that. <laughs> I, I feel know, like it's quite it. sly. <laughs> oh, true, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there was this great shot in the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer where it was um, Peter Parker and Iron Man, like he was flying and Spider-Man was swinging like side by side and it was oh, yes. really cool. But then That's it was on the cover film. of the dvd as well isn't it really yeah <laughs> see, it is quite clever but i would have liked to have seen it on screen yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah <laughs> yes, but yeah so marvel like you say with their, their grand master plan they, they're obviously <laughs> they're controlling everything whereas I <laughs> yes. think a, a lot of time film studios um well the directors lose control of the trailer as soon as they sort of start going out and they're like don't don't ruin my film and they're like <laughs> yeah. no no it's fine What's this last scene? Wink, oh, wink. That on. Yeah. <laughs> I can see you winking. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, any final thoughts on Suicide Squad? Ooh. Uh, I'm very excited because um, I'm intrigued with James Gunn, obviously directing the second one. Yes. Um, and I'm just, I'm just hoping that. I know with the first one, I, I really, really did like it, but I can see, you know, the criticisms with the editing and, you know, the, it just it didn't really make a whole load of sense because it felt a bit disjointed. So yeah. I feel like um, DC hopefully will have more sort of oh, not hope, but they'll they'll invest more with James Gunn because he clearly knows what he's doing, like with Guardians and stuff. So hopefully they'll give him more freedom and stuff with the second one. 
Yeah, and hopefully there's not so many sort of scenes of uh, people just walking around streets <laughs> almost <laughs> right. seamlessly, aimlessly, going, where are you yeah. going? I don't know, we're just following Margot Robbie around. It's, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're going to pop in this bar and, oh, look, some strange people to kill. But it's unexplained is the reason why they're here. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, yeah, maybe if you go and take another rewatch, uh, but maybe just leave, like, the last third off, <laughs> you might enjoy it a little bit more. <laughs> So thank you for your time today, Nicola. Can you give us a shout out where we can find you, what we can pick up from the internet for you, where you live on Twitter, etc. <laughs> where I live on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, it's pretty much, uh, so Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, it's all at We Have A Hawk Pod. Um, and then we want to be a little bit different on YouTube. Uh, so it's just at We Have A Hawk. <laughs> um, and then our website is wehaveahawk.co.uk and that's just like news and reviews and all that malarkey. Perfect, brilliant. Yes, um, as I said, I started this podcast, thoroughly enjoyed it. Really like the, um, the dynamic between you two. Um, and as I, I do, I do very much appreciate the lack of spoiler, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> yeah. these days it seems to be uh, a race who can ruin my enjoyment of television first these days. <laughs> um, so yes, I, I do appreciate that. So uh, yeah, once again, thank you for your time and have a good evening. You too. Yeah, great interview, Matt. Cheers, mate. So you got you can do more of these now. I don't know. I don't know if I have the same flair for it as you do. What you mean? You don't like the sound of your own voice as much well, as I do? <laughs> no, no, I, the opposite. I think you're more of a you. You uh, you've got that. Um, what's that? That Alan Wicker way of <laughs> Alan Partridge, or is it? <laughs> getting people open up. So, uh, you what? Fucking bastard! <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, kind of. Yeah, no, it was great, great chat, and great, great podcast as well. They they have, and they as you say, they're well in there with the geek culture. Oh, we aspire to I, be I like these guys. Don't know how much. <laughs> How they get time. The also, I mean, the good thing is I that... I struggle to fit in the two films a, a week that we have to watch. But um, yeah, and the other thing as well, they do all the good stuff. They do the good stuff. <laughs> I mean, it, it Why is, didn't we just do that? I don't, I don't know, Craig. <laughs> we can't compete with these people, that's all right. No, I kind of hijacked the interview, really, just to talk about some good stuff for part of it. So yeah, that was fine. Anyway, good job. But anyway, oh. you set me a challenge, you bastard. I set you a top five. And you keep calling me a bastard, but... <laughs> you, you're, you're like you sent me a challenge where I got to pick five things of a list of six and uh, and, and make it interesting whereas I gave you the world of film to go through yes no and you're calling uh, me a bastard I guess in hindsight now that I've done it actually once I got I my head that you're the bastard yeah or I got my head around the actual task that you set me I, I yes. was comfortable with it so basically those who aren't aware of it, it's the top five challenge. So in the companion episodes to the main podcast like of the film the review. TV stuff. So you have like, you know, The Apprentice, The Apprentice You're Fired. Yeah, you exactly. The yeah. Great Bits Bake Off. Yeah, yeah. Um, Afterbite or whatever the fuck Afterbite. <laughs> Underbite. <laughs> Hosted by, I don't know, Will, Will Young. But um, <laughs> you, yeah, well, anyway, we set each other challenges to top five things, usually movie related because that's kind of what we did. But you sent me the one to find or... What was, was it? It was quite hard to actually um, uh, say out loud and <laughs> to explain. So, yeah. Explain to the audience. Time displaced films, I set you, which d- doesn't really sum it up. So I wanted you to um, basically relocate some films in time and space. So, for example, if something was a caveman film, you would then set that film in the far future. 
mm-hmm. uh, if something was a, a far future film, you'd set it in um, caveman times. So that's very, uh, quite literal. Yeah. Sorry. So I, I've done my best. I think I did enjoy it eventually. As I say, it was a bit of a challenge to get my head around because it's like basically I had all film to choose from. Any film. Yeah, no, well, I don't see why that's a bad thing. <laughs> because it's quite, it's quite intimidating when you think you've got every film to... Well, are you going to worry that you're going to be judged by your... Well, no, because at the end of the day, I think you have to think about extremes. I'll get on to that in a minute. So right. we're going to go... Let's get straight into it, go. shall we? So number five. Okay, and I might swap the orders around. But It's a Wonderful Life, which is not... It's a seasonal film. Yeah. Right? But It's a Wonderful Life is set in the past. Not in the, like, oh, distant past. It's in the, like, what, 40s, 30s? Yeah, yeah. It so, was set in its own time, though. It's not like at the time it was. No, no, much. but it, it's it's old now. It's old now. So I, right. I thought this gives me a bit of poetic license to okay, tackle this one. Right, yeah. So the plot synopsis of of uh, of uh, it's a wonderful life is basically George Bailey has so many problems he is thinking about ending it all, and it's Christmas as the angels discuss George. We see his life in flashback as George is about to jump off a bridge. He ends up rescuing his guardian angel, Clarence who then shows George that his town would have looked like it hadn't been for all the good deeds over the years. What? (laughs) Right. So if anyone's seen um, It's a Wonderful Life, will know the plot synopsis. But basically, you can bring this film. It's got a very universal and timeless message about hope and also depression, despair and everything. And also, you know, the importance of life, how very uh, even if it's insignificant, yeah, butterfly effect, isn't it? Yeah, so and it trans. Tiny, it, it, tiny you, you could put this in, but I want to set this in present day, almost like a reimagining, also like a reboot. And Jimmy Stewart, the iconic character, the iconic sort actor, Jimmy Stewart, who plays George Bailey, um, who who hmm. could replace him? And maybe his wife. So thinking about who's good, who would be good to bring this into the current format? So Chris Pratt. No, no, I didn't go there, Matthew. I didn't go there. No. But I took this one quite seriously. And there's oh, no right. funniness in this one. So Jimmy Stewart is the everyman. He's he's a, he's a kind-hearted, kind person. So yep. you need someone with a soft face or someone who's who can who can do pathos, basically. So I've gone for John Krasinski and a double act with his wife on screen and off screen, Emily Blunt, to play his wife. It's a fantastic bit of casting. He could do anything, John Krasinski. Mm. I watched that... Um remake of Jack Ryan stuff mm-hmm. he does hard man now yeah yeah they, they yeah yeah I'm not sure about that him doing hard man but no he's Works. got he's got a soft face uh, he's he's a lovable likable chap Emily Blunt's a good actress I think the two of them good on screen uh, yeah be great what about what about uh, Clarence the angel yeah Dustin Hoffman wow <laughs> uh, off the top of my head uh, I didn't actually write that down but yeah that would be good <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. No, bring him back. He needs a Dustin Hoffman renaissance. Yeah. But isn't he... Too many turkeys. Too many turkeys. <laughs> but hasn't he... Um, hasn't he... Isn't he got himself into a bit of trouble? Probably. They all have right. Days. Anyway, so that was number five. Number five. Good mm. one like that. Thank you. Number four, The Sound of Music. A tuneful, heartwarming story. Uh, it's based uh, on a real-life story of the Von Trapp family singers, one of the world's best-known concert groups in an era immediately preceding World War Two. But listen, World War Two is too far in the past. We want to bring yeah, this. So I've gone for another present-day adaptation. Really? I'm sorry, but 
we would still have the Von Trapp family singers, but we put it in a talent show environment. You're likening the Nazis to a talent show. <laughs> yeah. So we're kind of going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to basically skip rid of the Nazis, but they're right. going to be refugees. Ooh. Okay. So a family of refugees in yeah. America. Okay. The Julie Andrews character is going to be replaced by Lady Gaga. And the Christopher Plummer uh, character is going to be replaced by Brad Cooper. Oh, right. So reprising their stuff. Yeah. Roles. Chemistry. Thank well, you very much. They can both sing. Well, yeah, they can knock And they're out. hot, hot, hot property. Wow. Yeah. So Lady Gaga, she would be almost like... Gaga! She'd be like um, a home help or something, but she'd have a musical past that she's forgotten about. And uh, together... Are you, are you not stuck in your gender roles there, though, Chris? Could you not maybe reverse that? No, that's too hard. Okay. You could do it, but I think ultimately you have to take Julie Andrews' iconic kind of Hills Are Alive thing, replace it with someone who's actually got some acting chops, which we never thought would happen, but Lady Gaga. <laughs> so that's number four. Number three. Number three. If this is another just about... No, 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 no. I have flipped the table. No, because it's hard to do, right? So number three is A Knight's Tale. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I've this is one I've actually gone, done a bit more work with the I plot. like The Knight's Tale. But, so The Knight's Tale is set in medieval times. Yes. But now I'm going to bring this into future Earth. Oof. So a dystopian future Earth set in the far distant flung it, fling it. Fling it. Fling it as hard as you can, Rush. right into the future. Yeah. So peasant-born William Thatcher, who's played by Heath Ledger, um, I'm going to keep the same cast. Whoa, that's a bit tricky with one of them. <laughs> right, okay, but just imagine it was re, it's been remade as it was. Begins the quest to change his stars, win the heart of an exceedingly fair maiden, and rock his, not medieval world, but rock his dystopian world. With the help of his friends, he faces the ultimate test of gallantry, a tournament, but not a jousting tournament. A mech suit tournament. Oh, yeah. Like Robot Jocks, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he tries to discover if he has the metal, the metal to become a legend. So in this future, right, the knights, they have mech suits. Makes sense. So instead of like jousting, they would have some sort of mech suit fighty Thing. So it'd be a little bit like um, what's that film with the with the with you know with the big cities on wheels, a kind of a dystopian. Yes. What the fuck is that called? Mortal Instruments. Yeah. So it would be a little bit like that. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. The only, do we think then this dystopian future class society will prevail yeah. once again? Yes. Okay. That's why it I've said it. Perhaps not. So I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I've said it. Okay. Well, uh, that's just the plot that. of the film. No, you piss at my fire all the time. <laughs> yeah, you do. I, I mean, I do. <laughs> I do. I'm also always scorning yours. No, you're right. Sorry, and uh, you're right to call me up on that, Matthew. So that was number three. Number three. Number four is Attack the Block. Okay, so Attack yeah. the Block, the Joe Cornish film, uh, was amazing. Uh, great cast. And again, I'm going to keep the same cast because they're all mainly still alive. Um, mainly. But instead of it being set in present day in a, you know, a, a tower rise. block in yeah. our high rise or whatever, I'm setting this in Victorian times. All right. And instead of like young hoodlums, they are going to be street urchins. Street urchins. A bit like, a bit like Oliver. Right, yeah. So you'll have a Fagin-y Ooh, type... Yeah, so kind of the Fagin character that sort of, Nick I think, Frost. Nick Frost guy. 
but he would be reprising that role yeah. uh, as in but and you'd have John Boyega and uh, Alex Ezemel and loads of other people um but the premise would be that uh, south london teenagers or Seth. south london victorian street urchins protect their slums from a, a, a extraterrestrials but they'd be like maybe they could be part time swimney cheap uh, swimney cheaps swimney chimney uh, chimney sweeps so they would be scurrying up the chimneys getting away from the guys that are hopping across the rooftops yeah work uh, in the old uh, workhouses yeah the work then maybe they would the factories yes 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 and you'd have these uh, aliens attacking there hasn't been a lot of aliens in Victorian times no but they, you think they, they still could be hmm. we've got time yeah yeah so I think that's good that's um, my favourite so far okay well hold your horses you haven't heard number one yet I said so far So number one, Alien. Not fail. Okay. <laughs> um, alien? Listen to my plop synopsis of Alien. Oh, On the Pacific Ocean, the crew of the exploratory ship Nostromo is awakened one night halfway through their journey home to investigate a, dis- a distress call, a flare potentially, from an unknown vessel. The terror begins when the crew encounters the nest of eggs deep inside the ship's hull. Ooh. An organism from... Inside an egg leaps out and attaches itself to one of the crew, causing him to fall into a coma. Oh. And we all know what happens next. Yeah. So yes, basically, the, the magnificent Sigourney Weaver will be replaced by uh, Zoe Saldana. Oh, yeah. Um, because she, she needs something else to do immediately after Infinity War. Or maybe all well, this is, I don't know whether, she, whether she's alive or she's dead. dead. Um, but yeah, this is going to be kind of set in like a slave ship or maybe a, a ship that's um, part of like Captain Cook's crew on the voyages of the Pacific Ocean where they've just been, uh, they've just, you know, they're on their way home. They've been yeah. on expedition for years. And so it's the last part of the journey. And a flare is seen in the distance or some sort of communication device. I don't know if they had flares in them days. <laughs> and they go and investigate. And there's a mysterious ship. I think just seeing a ship. It's an unknown ship. And all the crew have disappeared. But as I say, they go aboard. Zoe Saldano would not necessarily be, you know, wouldn't have been like the heroine. Or, you know, you would expect it to be potentially somebody else in the crew. She's maybe part of like, I don't know, this like a sub- subservient part of the crew, maybe. Yeah. Has been picked up maybe along the way. She's not part of the original crew and then she saves the day. It wasn't save the day. She's one of the last surviving people. Yeah. How are they, they going to blow the alien out of the airlock? They, they'll drown it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hadn't thought about how they do that, but, um, you know, that's a, this is just a podcast. <laughs> uh, it's not, doesn't it? Yeah, have. just, she could attach an anchor to it whilst in a lifeboat. Yes, the, all these things Fried could happen. Board. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I and enjoy- also that kind of fits in the alien world. These, you know, well, we spoke to, we spoke to, <laughs> we were talking about um, Paul Anderson in our last podcast, the alien yeah. versus predator world. They started doing that, didn't they? They got like you know some predators with uh, muskets and whatnot. Oh yes, yes. So that, but I think also you know you get the vast openness of space and in space no one can hear you scream. But if you're in the, if you're in the vast ocean surroundings like the Pacific Ocean, yes. miles and miles, it's a similar situation. The isolation and the the claustrophobicness of being on a very on a boat with small cabins and stuff, yeah. I think would be would yeah, work. Those last two, the last two, I like, I like, I like the time jumps in those last two. But the other thing is, the first two. Yeah. 
Not so good. Less, less. It's uh, less of a time jump. I think that's probably the. the, the, the it's hard. It's a hard one because you think of you know. You, there, I mean, you would probably do a lot better job at this one. So it's my turn. Yes, for you now. This is one I was going to pick for myself last time. If you couldn't think of anything <laughs> last minute, but I'm in. I'm well into nostalgia. I don't oh. know about you. Um, but there's a lot of nostalgic things happening in films. Well, there always is. 80s is main thing that's still got, you know, legs. It's still running and running. And I thought to myself, I, I, I love singing the theme tunes and watching the intros to some of my favorite 80s and 90s cartoons. Yes. And I realized that some of them have not made it to the big screen. Some of those cartoons. So you need to look at the gummy bears and all that sort of stuff. No, I've already got them. Thundercats, ding, 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 ding. Ulysses, <laughs> everything you can think of. Yeah. Anything and anything. So I'm I'm saying 80s and 90s because there were some classic 90s ones in there. Serial, proper serial cartoons. From yeah. Those 80s. Yeah, and I'm not going to say loads to put anything in there. But, you know, no, 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 leave it Keep it. But not Dogtanian. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a great one. So that's your top five. One for one, apple for one. Wait, 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 wait. And also it's good because in the edit we can put the theme tunes underneath. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice one. All right, yeah, good. I'm happy with that. I'll have that. I'll have a piece of that. So don't forget, next episode is our Alienator special. So if you haven't caught up, catch it online um, wherever you can. It's mainly on YouTube, and I think Netflix still have it. So um, we'll post some links up to it wherever, wherever, and remind you all our followers. And, yes. and again, like, subscribe, and rate, and everything else. That'd be cool. Nice one. Join in the chat for next episode. Join in the chat. We're on the cusp. <laughs> on the cusp of being big and you can say, I heard it first. <laughs> you can be so, smug in your beards. You know where you got a little beard. Your beard's lovely. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh man, you killed my bow, you're burping now. Well, how am I telling people? I'm, I'm uh, hemorrhaging listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Buy them. <laughs>